taking time out of my uh, Tears of the Kingdom play to do this job. <laughs> oh, that must be rough. Oh, I was in a deep zen last night. I found a really interesting podcast about the history of toothpicks, and I was, like, deep into... You know, now that I've said that sentence out loud... <clears throat> was that a funny joke, or...? No, I was legitimately listening to an episode of a podcast about the history of toothpicks in the United States. What podcast is this? I'm not going to listen to it. I just need to know. It was the dollop. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. It was very interesting. Anyway. Yeah, so I started I started down a path with this mini, and then as I was doing the research, I found something more interesting, but it was, like, the same thing. I actually have no idea what your mini is about. Fantastic! Other than, like, the brief title that i see in the like episode title um wow so this is there is literally no way you would be able to guess what this mini is I, about. i'm very excited to see where this is going because you've told me nothing absolutely nothing i it's possible you've given me a hint but that hint has left my mind i i have no <laughs> recollection of you ever speaking of this i'm not even gonna do like a little summary that i usually do i'm just gonna get right into it and you can uh you can learn as we go. I'm along for the ride. All right. Um, so my sources for this episode are uh, Discovery.com and uh, BBC and Wikipedia. <laughs> I know that's super... Boy, this tells me nothing. <laughs> yeah. All right. So in 1979, a British artist named Kit Williams wrote and illustrated a very unique book. Uh, which was titled Masquerade. The book told the story of a rabbit named Jack Hare who had been tasked with carrying a treasure from the moon, who was depicted as a woman, to the sun, who was depicted as a man. Upon reaching the sun, Jack finds that he's lost the treasure, and it's now up to the reader to figure out where he left it. You definitely gave me a hint. I did. It's all coming back to me now. And that's when uh, things get interesting. Oh, boy. Along with illustrating the 15 intricate paintings that make up the story, Kit Williams commissioned a rabbit-shaped 18-carat jewel-encrusted pendant, uh, which he then encased Damn. in an equally as elaborate ceramic casket and buried it in a location known only to him and a TV presenter named Bamber Gascioni. <clears throat> That's a name. Yep. The pendant was valued at 5,000 pounds and inset with ruby, mother of pearl, and moonstones, which is honestly a pretty sick treasure. <laughs> um, on the ceramic casket, which he specifically made ceramic to deter metal detectors, was the following inscription. I am the keeper of the jewel of the masquerade, which lies waiting safe inside me for you, or eternity. The clues to the exact location of the treasure were contained in the book's paintings and People everywhere essentially became Nicolas Cage. <laughs> to quote the BBC article, quote, Countless lawns were dug up and fed-up landowners put up signs warning off fortune seekers. The book was even cited in divorce proceedings. Oh my god. This is in the UK, right? <laughs> Technically, it's in the UK, but people all over the world got into okay. it. Um, you the did not specify where the... Oh yeah, sorry. It's in the UK. Okay. The book sold hundreds of thousands of copies worldwide, many in the, in the United Kingdom, but also some in Australia, South Africa, West Germany, Japan, France, and the United States. Did they all try and find the the bunny? <laughs> yes. In their own, like, countries? Or did they all start traveling to the UK? Or, or is this something you're about to tell me? They, they knew it was in the UK. Um, okay. 
I assume they had maps. Like, it was 1979, not 1779. Yeah, just, like, if if it got, like, localized in I, any sort um, of degree. But. Yeah, it, it gets... We'll get into it. Okay. It's, it's complicated. I might be getting ahead of myself. Uh, so, one location in England named Harrisfield Beacon was a popular site for treasure hunters, um, which seems yeah, on the nose. Uh, that's that's where I would hide a treasure that was bunny-themed. <laughs> Uh, Williams himself eventually paid for a sign stating that the treasure wasn't in that location. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was that was nice of him, uh, I guess. Real-life locations reproduced in the paintings were also raided, including Sudbury Hall in Derbyshire, uh, Tewkesbury in Gloucestershire, and I don't even want to hear about how I just pronounce those names. I did my best. They sound right to me. Tewkesbury is pretty, like... So, but Gloucestershire. Gloucestershire? Gloucestershire is probably right. Gloucester? Yeah, something like that. Uh, the Derbyshire. I, I know Shire is pronounced sure when it's in a name because people in Britain don't Worcestershire. know how to- Worcestershire? Worcestershire, yeah. That is my only frame of reference is I know how to pronounce Worcestershire. That's where the crossover between people from Boston and uh, <laughs> British people is, is like nothing is pronounced like it's spelled- <laughs> Um, yes. Okay. So initially, the only clue outside of the book that Williams gave was located, uh, was that it was located on public property and could be easily accessed because he's an okay dude and like, didn't put it on private property. (laughs) See, this is where I would, well, no, I would, I would make it somewhere really on the nose, like that heart, Harrisfield, whatever. (laughs) Um, but it would be really funny if you like hit it in your neighbor's backyard. Just like a shitty neighbor. Or not like, yeah, sorry, not your neighbor. I mean like your worst enemy. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's where I was going with that. Like the person you hate the most. And then make all the clues point towards the person you hate the most. Um, In December of 1980, uh, the Sunday Times published an additional clue to the puzzle. It was a drawing that needed to be cut out, folded in half, and then have a light shown through it so a message could be read in a mirror. I love that. That's so many steps. The message read, quote, To do my work, I appointed four men from 20, the tallest and the fattest, and the righteous follow the sinister. That means nothing. Exactly. That's nonsense. Um, in order to not exclude anyone who might not live in England or nearby, William said that he would accept a letter written to him containing the precise location. And in 1982, he finally received a letter containing a sketch of the area which he recognized as the correct solution. Uh, Williams contacted the sender, a man calling himself Ken Thomas, and instructed him to dig there for the hair. Williams eventually realized that this man hadn't actually solved the puzzle in the intended manner and had instead made what seemed like a very lucky guess. Uh, But the wheels were in motion and Ken Thomas was formally awarded the prize. However, not long after this, Williams received a letter containing the legitimate solution sent in by two physics teachers named Mike Barker and John Rousseau. Uh, Barker and Rousseau seemed to have unearthed the prize themselves one digging, but had not noticed it inside its clay box, and that uh, Thomas had merely plucked it from the piles of dirt. <laughs> so, men, right? Like, yes. We're digging for this thing, and we have unearthed Always. it, but we haven't noticed. We didn't think to open the box. <laughs> it was this weird casket thing. I don't know. All right. So... Before we get into a little scandal, I'm sure everyone is like, but what's the fucking solution, Emily? Um, And let me tell you, this puzzle was made for a very specific kind of nerd. (laughs) To complete the puzzle, the aforementioned 
giant nerd, uh, would have to draw a line from the left eye of each of the animals and people contained in the 15 paintings through the longest digit on their left hand and out to one of the letters that bordered the page. Each painting contained a word or phrase, <laughs> which, which when put together read, Catherine's long finger overshadows earth buried yellow amulet midday points the hour in light of equinox look you that's still mostly nonsense just wait oh god there's more it's it's kind of like a shutter island where like individually the pieces are like well what the fuck are you doing leo and then at the end you're like oh my god all right uh so the first letter of each page's answer also known as an acrostic, spelled out the phrase close by Amptill. Amptill, for all <laughs> of you who levels. aren't from England, is a town in Bedfordshire where Kit Williams had once lived. <laughs> the location is only part of the answer, though. In Amptill, there is a park that contains a big-ass cross-shaped monument to Catherine of Aragon. Ah, uh, huh. The okay. Are you ready for some Indiana Jones shit? I can't wait. The burial spot was where Williams knew the shadow of the Catherine of Aragorn, uh, Aragorn's cross fell on the spring and autumn equinox at about noon. That is dedication. Meaning to the that the shadow would point to the right place on the right day. That, I love that. That's beautiful. Um, on the subject of the bonus clue in the newspaper, that was to help people figure out how to decode the paintings. Uh, so refresh. Uh, to do my work... I appointed four men from 20, the tallest and the fattest, and the righteous follow the sinister. So, the four men from 20 refers to four fingers and toes out of 20 digits. Because the tallest and the fattest, the, 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 thing, the thumb and the Relates finger. to the longest digit. That makes sense. The righteous follow the sinister provides a clue to the decoding of the letter order. <gasps> right and left. Left. Uh, sinister eyes through left finger and toe first, then the righteous right ones. So I'm the smartest person alive once you give me 90% of the <laughs> so, Yeah, big nerds. All right. The story ends with a scandal. <gasps> the best. Uh, involving Ken Thompson, who is, in fact, a big fucking liar. <gasps> he lied his way to a buried treasure. Oh, it's it's even better. In December of 1988, so almost 10 years after the book was released, the Sunday Times printed a story accusing Ken Thomas of being a fraud. Ken Thomas was revealed to be a pseudonym of a businessman named Dugald Thompson, whose business... Dugald. 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 D-U-G-A-L-D. Dugald. That's the only way I'm I I'm not going to be able to pay attention to anything else in this episode. Oh, I, I think you I'm you stuck will. on that. This is... is all right, so Dougal Thompson, whose business partner, Dugald. John Gard, was dating Kit Williams's ex-girlfriend named Veronica Robertson. <gasps> After Gard and Thompson had convinced Veronica that all profits from the treasure hunt would be donated to animal rights charities, Robertson spilled the beans on the general location of the hair, though she had no idea what the real solution to the puzzle was. I am mad that they, stupid Dugald, that they, like, <laughs> lied about donating to charity to get on. That's mean. Yeah. How dare they? Um, after learning. Like, I don't care. I don't really give a shit about the treasure, but that's a mean lie. It is. Um, yeah, because apparently she was a big animal rights activist, and that's how they got her to, to give it up. 
Um, after learning of the location, Guard allegedly started searching for it using a metal detector, which, if you'll remember correctly, um, Kit Williams had guarded against by using a, a ceramic cask. Yeah. After finding fuck all, uh, Guard and Thompson drew a rough map of the area and submitted it to Williams under the name Ken Thomas. Right. Because then, just assuming that he would, like, at least confirm it and... Yes. Um, Kit Williams was very disappointed when he found out what happened. I would be, too. That's a lot of work to put into a puzzle. Oh, yeah. And, like, those two physics teachers definitely deserved it. For sure. Um, So, Dougal Thompson founded a software company. Are you ready for, like, the douchiest douchey thing that this guy could possibly do? Other than being named Dougald? Well, that's more on his parents, but yes. Um, So, Dougal Thompson founded a software company called Hairsoft. (gasps) <gasps> and offered the hair as a prize for a new contest, new contest, which took the form of a computer game named Hair Razor. He, like, yep. re-gifted the treasure? Well, just wait. Um, he's douchey, but also payback is a bitch. The company and its game, which many believe to be unsolvable with only meaningless text and graphics, were unsuccessful and yielded no winner. When the company went into liquidation in 1988, the hair was sold at auction in that uh, that December, which Good. is about when that story in the Sunday Times came out with the story about him being a fraud. Uh-huh. Um, the hair- oh, so all that happened to him prior to being outed as a fraud. Yes. Uh, the hair sold for almost 32,000 pounds uh, to an anonymous buyer. That's a lot of money for... I mean, the story behind it is cool, but... Mm-hmm. Um, the saddest thing is that kit williams went to the auction to try to buy it himself but he had to tap out after six thousand. that sucks but a slightly happy ending to the story uh in 2009 kit williams expressed an interest in being able to see the pendant again and the granddaughter of the original buyer arranged for that to happen oh it was also on display in a museum in london in 2012 as part of a uh like art of britain exhibit Hmm. so yeah that's that's the story of Masquerade, but I have a little follow-up uh, on the original story that I was going to do, in case... Did it have as many twists and turns as that one did? Because that was quite good. Not really. Um, that's why I ended up going with that story, is it was more <laughs> fun. Um, no, so in case you're now itching to find buried treasure, there was a book called The Secret, not that one, uh, that was published in 1982 by a man named Byron Price, or Price. Probably Price. It's spelled funny. Anyway, uh, it contains 12 drawings and 12 verses that, when matched up properly, will lead to 12 treasures hidden in historically significant locations across America. Um, And one in Quebec for some reason. So, 11 in America, one in in Quebec. Uh, To this day, only three of the treasures have actually been found, um, and those were in Cleveland, Chicago, and Boston. And sadly, uh, Price died in 2005 without leaving... Any record of where the other nine are. At least leave a note. Like, entrust it to someone that you really well trust, but leave a note. Um, well, the thing is, uh, with, with that one, is it's like a little, like, ceramic cask um, that you trade in for, it always just says a jewel. Oh, so like the, what's buried doesn't actually have any value. But I mean, it has it has value, but it's not the yeah. It's not a fucking rabbit encrusted with jewels. Not like yeah, not like gold and rubies. Yeah, value. But his daughters are honoring people who who find them. So if you find it and turn it in, you still get the prize. 
That definitely sounds like too much work, but I like the idea. Oh, for sure. But seeing as the one in Boston was only found after two episodes of the show Expedition Unknown were aired about the book, um, (laughs) as well as pending construction in the area, digging it up, it may not actually be possible to find the remaining treasures. Oh, dear. Well, at least he didn't bury real jewels. That's true. I'm glad the rabbit got found, but I think, like, if you're dealing with one treasure as opposed to 12. Yeah. Thought I had the list of where the remaining treasures are hidden for the secret, but I did not have it open. Okay. So the remaining treasures are in San Francisco, Charleston, Roanoke, St. Augustine, Houston, Milwaukee, uh, Cote San Luke in Montreal, uh, New Orleans, and New York. And you can find all the information on, like, the verses and the the pictures um, online. Would have been nice to know that before I went to Charleston. Yeah. I would have found any treasure. I mean, I'm definitely going to do a little bit of reading before I go to New Orleans. You could go to Milwaukee. Yeah, but then I'd have to go to Wisconsin. This is true. I do have a friend near Milwaukee, so maybe I could. (laughs) We'll, We'll get Sadie on the one in Quebec. Yeah, She's the only one that can probably handle it up there. She has at least a passing understanding of French. Yeah, I haven't really... Spanish has replaced all my French. <laughs> all right, and yep, that's that's what I got about book-based treasure hunts. There have been other ones, but Masquerade had the most fun story, and it was one of the OG ones, and then uh, The Secret, that's still out there, so that's cool. I like Masquerade, because not only is it a very cool story, but also very cottagecore, just like bunnies and suns and moons. The like uh, The illustrations in it look like they're from the fucking Renaissance um yeah i was looking up some pictures it looks pretty cool yeah i never would have read this book and been like ah yes you draw the line from their left eye through their longest finger like who the fuck people with i'm not gonna say more time on their hands because i actually have quite a lot of free time i just use it to like play stardew valley (laughs) and not solve mysteries if we could get those two physics teachers on the zodiac ciphers (laughs) i think we could probably catch them we maybe could crack it we could finally put Ted Cruz's dad in jail. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's see. Remember to pick up your Jeff merch? <gasps> yes. All right. This is the first you're technically hearing about it, but we will have announced it on the last episode. <laughs> I-, I had some, at least prior warning, that it was finally happening. Yes. So go pick up your Jeff merch, um, and we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. We love you. For more podcasts like the one you just listened to, go to SoBelowMedia.com. This, this is As Above, So Below.